Welcome to the Build Your Coaching Business Podcast. We'll talk about how to start, grow, and enjoy your coaching business. Plus, we'll dig into the failures and lessons we've learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey, welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to play a fun game with the mind. And as a business mindset coach, one of the things I think about for you guys, right, is that we want to have the pieces of our business clear and specific because ultimately, right, when we think about long-term business growth, we choose the pieces, right? How do we how do we grow our audience? What are the methods we use to sell? Um, what does that look like, right? Like there's very specific pieces that we just get better doing. And then there's our goals that kind of focus and direct us. But the thing that changes in between those, right, when those two things basically stay the same, right, you have a goal, you have the pieces of your business, what changes is your mind. And when your mind changes, how you write changes, right, the words you change, who you speak to, what you talk about, how you talk about it, all of that changes when your thoughts change. So today's episode, we're going to play a game, right? I'm going to teach you an exercise that you can use, and I recommend using it, right? Use it today. Because the idea is, is like, are you keeping consults at a distance? Are you blocking people who want to work with you because of something happening in your mind? Now, the answer is usually yes, right? So (laughs) don't hold this against yourself. Don't like get wrapped up into the way that I'm presenting this. Remember, we always just want to be accepting of ourselves as humans with minds that forget to think thoughts and like, like Velcro pick up new thoughts and start thinking them. And so we're just accepting of our brain and we're like watching it and making adjustments as we see them. So today's episode though is just to kind of dig through it. So I'm going to teach you a simple process that you can use to check and see what might have changed in your mind, right? That would be keeping consults away, or maybe it's always been there. That way you can know what to do next with it. And I'm going to teach you this in three ways. So the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to talk about how to create the emotion of desire. Then we're going to talk about what commonly comes up so that you can recognize like, oh yeah, no, that's like what I experience in my mind. And then I'm going to talk to you about what to do with it next. And some of the ways that you could like you could do it and it not be helpful, right? So by the end of this, it's going to give you an exercise you can do all through your mind and you're going to have a three-step process to do it. Okay. Let's start by talking about like what's the first thing you're going to do? <laughs> Let me just tell you that. The first thing is that we're going to create desire for consults. Now, when I say desire, this isn't a thought. This is an emotion. Desire like, I'm going to tell you about the sensation, but I want to describe it. I want you to imagine that you're taking a vacation and you're looking at the the pictures and you're making the plans and you're like imagining how great it's going to be and Maybe it's like the opposite season there. So you're like looking forward to that contrast and you feel this emotion in your body. Now, I'm going to talk about what that emotion is right now, right? That 
sensation for me, everybody's going to feel it slightly differently, but when I use my mind to pay attention to my body and I ask myself, how does desire feel? I feel it in my chest, right? Um, I don't know, right behind my boobs, maybe not sure how to like label that part of my torso. I feel it. It's like, it's like a formless ball, right? There's no structure to the outside of it, but it feels like a ball of energy in the center of my chest. It kind of feels similar to love in that it's full and maybe warm. It also has kind of a a pulling feeling, right? Like I imagine these strings coming out of my chest and they're like, like pulling me towards this thing I want, much like how compelled feels. And so the first thing you're going to do, right? And we just labeled what it feels like to feel desire, but you're going to create the emotion of desire for consults. And it could be just holding that emotion for, I don't know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds. It doesn't take a long time, but you want to practice holding that emotion and just like feeling that desire. And there might be a lot of, there might be not a lot, but there might be some very similar thoughts when you do this. Like, um, I didn't write these down. (laughs) I'm just going to come up with them off the top of my head. But they might be thoughts like, like my person, like this exact person that I help, I know that they exist. I know that they're out there right now wishing that something like what I sell existed and I want to help them. I want like I can't wait for them to book that call and find out. I want to tell them about how we can work together. Right? Like I want to get on that call with someone and hear everything that I know I can help them with and have that certainty of knowing what's possible for them. Right? And that like feeling of desire for them for their future. So you're going to create this desire. Now, the reason that this is important is that the next step is to watch what comes up next. Because when you're blocking consults, right, when you're keeping people kind of at arm's length from hiring you, (laughs) I heard it once, I might have said this analogy, maybe my client did, who knew, but it was like this idea of like, I went into a room and I shut the door. The people were out there. I was like slipping content out the door for them, (laughs) but I was like not letting them in. They could knock. I was like, "Mm, no. And so you want to hold this desire while watching what comes up for you. Now, right? Like right now I have both of my hands out, palm up. And you're going to do these two things simultaneously. You are going to hold a motion of desire in your body. And you're going to watch what happens in your brain. Because there's basically three things that could happen. One is that you're going to have a thought that pulls you out of that emotion. The other could be that you struggle to hold the emotion. And the third could be that another emotion like overwhelms you. Now, the the emotion is going to lead us to a thought. The thought's going to lead us to emotion, right? It's, it's It's all interweaved. But the idea is sometimes people, it's easier to see one than the other. And so you're just, you're allowing it to be fine, whatever's clear to you. So let me give you some examples, right? You're going to, you're going to create this desire for consults. And then what might come up 
is that you might begin to feel nervous. So, right, you're not feeling desire anymore. Now it's like a a wrecking ball has come in and smashed into your desire. And what's left is nervous. And there could be lots of reasons you feel nervous. And you want to ask yourself, why? What am I thinking that's making me feel this emotion? And I wrote down some thoughts that might create it. Because some of you might be more aware of what you're thinking rather than the emotion. And so what you might be thinking that like blocks and takes away the desire and kind of like makes this other emotion front and center might be, I'm not ready. Right? Imagine you're creating this desire for consults. You're imagining people booking a call with you, wanting to work with you, wanting to find out more, wanting to do this work. And and if your brain says, I'm not ready, right? You're going to feel that nervousness, maybe uneasy. And that emotion, that thought can stop you from creating content, speaking effectively to them, like really making working with you like the way that they get the biggest result rather than just giving them a bunch of free content that's helpful, but like never as valuable as working with you, right? So you want to watch what kind of thoughts come up here. I'm going to just give you a list under nervous, right? That emotion, you might think I'm not ready. I'm not sure what to do on that call. I want to do it well. Such a sneaky one. (laughs) If I don't do it right, the person won't buy. All of these thoughts are going to create a sense of nervous or unease. They're going to take you, right? Your brain is going to become alerted to them because instead of feeling and holding desire, you're now going to feel and be thinking that stuff. I'm going to talk about what we do with it next. Let's keep, let's keep identifying what might come up. Another emotion that might come up is feeling uncertain or doubt. And some thoughts that might pair up with this might be, I'm not sure I can help them. Or I want them to get the result and I'm scared they won't. Or I don't want to talk to mean people. (laughs) If you've ever had someone be mean to you on a consult, you have to be careful in the future that your brain's not like, whoa, people are mean. Right. So there might be just some some thoughts in there. Like, I don't know what I'm selling. I don't know how much I charge. I'm not sure if it's worth it. I don't know if people actually want coaching. I'm not sure how to talk about what I sell. All of those kinds of thoughts can create uncertainty or doubt. Another emotion set might be reluctant or judgmental. Right. This could be judgmental of the person or yourself or even your offer. And so some of those thoughts might be, I've done so many calls already and they just are all no's. Another thought might be, I need to get the right people on calls. Or people just don't have money. Or I really suck at selling. Or, and this is is a really common one that I hear, it's the end of the year and I don't want to be busy. And this one might show up in the summer. This one might show up anytime you're thinking about your schedule. Because when we think about consults and we think about clients, there's the way you run your business now and the things you do without clients. And then there's the like change that will happen. You will have to change and learn how to do things differently. You're not going to market your business the same way when you have a full client load. 
it's gonna, there's going to be things that change and adjust as you do it. You're not going to have the same flexibility if you coach 10 or 20 hours a week that you have when you coach two or three hours a week. And so you want to watch for that. Like, oh, does my brain get caught up on that, right? Do I have a thought or a feeling that like tells me that that might be something stopping me from fully being open and ready for people to come and hire me? And then there might be some habits, right? So we've talked about those thoughts and feelings, but you might have a habit, right? So it's like you're going to be holding desire, but what might happen next could be a habit. Here's what some of those habits might be. Holding the emotion of desire quickly, but then jumping to something else. So you might have a habit of like, oh yeah, I created that emotion, but it's almost like the snap of a finger. You just held it for like moments, and then you were off. And the flip side of this is actually what that that's looks like in terms of thoughts. And what that looks like is having a bunch of thoughts running through your head instead of learning how to slow down and think fewer thoughts. Because that's what happens with our emotions, right? If our, if our emotions and our thoughts are tied, doesn't matter which one comes first, but if they're just tied... When you have a brain that you let just like run with a lot of thoughts, you're going to feel more anxious in your body. You're going to feel faster emotions, which inevitably actually tire you out quicker. And I mean, this is a skill I learned. And so I always want to tell everybody about it. It turns out, you guys, we can learn how to slow our mind down, think fewer thoughts And it actually creates this like space of feeling in between that just feels like it's like a warm blanket paired with love and like, I don't know, it's so good though, right? I might describe it as calm, but it's like so good. And the, the, the little thing is you think fewer thoughts, you slow them down instead of like, right, and you just catch your brain when it starts to think really fast thoughts and like jump around with emotions. So that could be a habit, right? You're used to thinking a bunch of thoughts and not slowing yourself down. You're used to only holding emotions very briefly. And then the other habit I thought about was you might struggle to feel the emotion of desire, right? When I say that emotion, You might be like, I can't connect that to any feeling state. I have no idea how to feel that. And you might have the habit of instead of finding a different emotion or getting help learning how to feel this one, just like walking away from the whole thing. And so when you, when you see that happen, right? Like I kind of built the solution in there, right? Like (laughs) if you struggle to feel the emotion of desire, Pick a different emotion. So many emotions work in this situation. Um, Wanting, um, I don't know, desire just feels like the one. (laughs) But you can play with, you can look at a list of emotions and say, what emotions do I know how to create that might pair up with, like that are similar to desire that I feel really like comfortable and like have a habit of creating. Where you get help, right? Like this is the benefit of coaching is that, We are trained as coaches to slow down and help someone feel emotions and like pinpoint them, right? Where we turn our brain and we think about our body and it does require slowing down and you might need someone to help you do that. So get help. And then here's the last part, right? It's a three-part exercise. Step one, 
part one. I know. Sorry about that. There's three steps. (laughs) Step one, create desire, right? The emotion you hold in your body. Step two, you're going to watch what comes up and you might categorize it as a feeling. You might categorize it as a thought. You might see habits that you have, but you're just going to, you're going to watch what comes up. Here's what you're going to do next. Step three is you're going to write all of it down. And I just imagine, right? Like the way this works is you hold the desire and sometimes, right? Like I put it in my notes on my phone. You might have a piece of paper where it's like you might purposely hold desire and have like a five minute chunk of the day and you hold desire for maybe not the whole five minutes. That sounds like a long time, (laughs) but you might. And you just like watch what comes up. And then you write it down on the paper, right? Because when you write your thoughts and feelings down on paper, you take them out of your mind. Now, suddenly your brain can look at those thoughts and actually see the separation of them. Whereas when they're just in your mind, you think all those thoughts and your brain thinks they're real. It's such a brilliant, amazing thing about our mind, right? So step three is you have to take everything that comes up and write it down on paper, And so you might do this exercise once a day for five days, right? Five minutes where you hold desire, have a pen and paper, and you just write down what, what, what feelings like came up to stop me or what thoughts came up that kind of made me want to go out from it or like caused me to realize like, oh yeah, I don't actually want them. What habits do I see? And you're going to write them down, right? You're going to become aware of them. And everything that comes up that you're aware of in those moments, that's what you're going to work through, right? You're going to work through it so they aren't issues anymore. Now, there's three ways you could do this, maybe more, but I like just giving you a definitive number. The brain loves it. (laughs) You can get coached on what comes up, everything you wrote down, right? You could take it to a coach. You could have them help you work through it. You could coach yourself if you have those tools, or you could solve for it. Now, there are things you can do though that won't be helpful. So I wanna make sure I tell you these too, because sometimes you guys, you do the thing that's not helpful, right? We all actually do this. And then when it doesn't work or it's like not great, our brain labels it as like, nope, didn't work. And we have to be careful because sometimes it's like, oh, you know what, I did it wrong. (laughs) Or I didn't quite do it the way that was most effective. And we want to be careful that we don't let our brain label things that we're like, oh, you know what? Like, I do want to try that again. So here's how you can do this in a way that won't be helpful. You can identify a thought or a feeling, whatever, probably a thought though, and you can try and switch it to the opposite. This will not be helpful. When I say you have to work through these things, you guys, you're going to work through them so that they aren't in your mind anymore. That's not entirely true. They're, they may come back, but they're not going to have the same like level of belief that you have in them before you work on them. Because when you work on a thought, basically what happens is, is your mind begins to have access to think other things, or it begins to see how when you think that, like what you do and how it, like what's impacted by thinking that thought. And so you create an awareness around it. And so the more awareness you create around that, the more you don't really believe it as much so that it may come back. You may believe it again, but you're like diminishing the power of it. 
But if you don't work through it and instead you just kind of try and opposite switch it and how that might sound is you might have a thought that says, I'm not ready to do a consult. I'm not ready to talk about my offer. I'm not ready to coach people, right? Whatever that, that thought is. And then opposite switching it might sound like, no, 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 I am ready. Because when we think about doing this like switch, that second thought, that like I am ready, it feels like you're like holding that belief but with willpower rather than meticulously going through your offer and who you help and what you sell and the results and the impact of that and building thoughts that create that feeling of readiness where you aren't just thinking a thought I'm ready but you've like built that thought to be true with all the thoughts you built before it so don't try and like opposite switch your thoughts another thing that won't be helpful is if you see a thought and you dismiss it you tell yourself oh that's silly that's not important I shouldn't be thinking that Anytime, like if we don't create this trust with ourselves of like, we ask our brain for things and then it gives them to us, you can actually make yourself uneasy to do that with yourself. If you judge yourself, you reject the thoughts or you dismiss them, right? Your brain will feel unsafe giving you your own access to thoughts. That may be a little extreme, but you'll be uneasy about it. Whereas when you build the habit of just accepting whatever your thoughts give you, right? And that's why when I tell you to just write them down, it's a very accepting experience where you're like, yeah, I'm holding this desire of wanting consults and I'm watching what my mind brings up curiously and accepting and with love of myself as a human who has thoughts. And that process of just like being willing to see them, you may... Like they may go away and diminish just seeing them and thinking of like, oh yeah, I am thinking that thought. That thought does have power over what I'm doing, even if it's subconsciously. And then you give yourself the opportunity to either work through it or to comfort yourself with it. But by rejecting it, right, you never work through it. And you create this sense of like not everything that comes out of my mind maybe needs addressed. Like some of them are silly and some aren't, but it's like, no, everything your brain gives you, it's all creating results for you. And so just being willing to see it all and not like judge yourself when you have thoughts that maybe you're like, I should just get over it. No, you shouldn't, right? You should work through it. And then the third thing you could do that will not be helpful is you can try and solve a thought like it's real, but not solve it as a thought, <laughs> right? Okay, let me say that one more time and then I'll give you the example. It will not be helpful to see what comes up from your mind, write it down, not realize it's a thought, right? I always write a T beside everything I write down so that myself and I are like, oh yeah, there's a T there because that's a thought, right? It's like the visual reminder for my own brain not to believe everything I think. So here's an example of this. You might think the thought, I suck at selling, and you may create an emotion of self-judgment, inadequate, frustrated. And what do you do, right? What does someone do when they think they suck at selling 
and they think that's a fact, right? They think it's real and true. They go and try to solve for it. And so from that sense of being inadequate and frustrated and judgmental of yourself, right? Someone goes and buys a course on selling. They hire a sales coach. They study selling books. They cram as much information in their head as they they can because they're believing their thought that they suck at selling. And then they're trying to go out and solve for a thought with action instead of realizing oh, I have a thought that I suck at selling. I can get coached on that thought. A coach can help me question that thought. They can help me access the feeling of that thought and really feel it rather than rejecting it or resisting it or avoiding it, right? You can have like a coach can help you to see what else is true, They can help you see your exact habits and and patterns of behavior when you think that thought. So this three-step process, right? You're going to create desire for consults, right? As an emotion, you're going to hold it with a pen and paper, maybe five minutes a day. You're going to write down what comes up when you hold this desire, what runs through your mind as a thought, what feelings, what habits... You're going to write those down and you're going to work through each of them. This is like, this is the work you guys, when someone says, but if I only do these pieces in my business, what am I going to spend all my time doing? I'm like, there is meticulous work we're doing with our minds to like do stuff. This is one of them, right? You're taking out the things that make it hard to sell, but here, right? It was like five minute time frame, not forever. And you're going to work through them. Okay, so if you like today's content and you want help building your coaching business, join me inside of an unconventional business school. I give you a framework that's simple and step-by-step so you can run your business doing just three things, coaching yourself and your clients, growing your audience, and adjusting your marketing and funnel based on the data. There is no limit to how much money you can make as a coach, especially online. You'll have the business framework and the tools to create the vision that you have for your business. Okay, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week with more goodness to support you as you build your online coaching business. Hey, who's your business coach? If you don't have one, I'd be honored to help you grow your coaching business. I have a daily practice that'll help you feel powerful focused and comforted in the discomfort of growing your business. This mental routine will help you create any goal you're working on. Sign up for this free training at elizabethsalazarcoaching.com. Just like this podcast, it's free. I'll see you over in your inbox.